Welcome to 1202, the Human Factors Podcast. The podcast that covers all things about humans, technology, and particularly the bit in between. With your host, Barry Kirby. Welcome to this episode of 1202, uh, the Human Factors Podcast. In this episode, what we're trying to do is kick off the year in the way that we need to go on and talking about how we're going to do continuing professional development. Really, we're going to learn from the past 12 months because COVID has provided us a, a, a new um, and different environment for do, doing our CPD. And really what we can do is, is learn about the, the pros and cons of, of, what, we've, of what we've achieved there. Um, because I've certainly found that in one respect, I did a lot more CPD in terms of being able to go into a number of different webinars and meetings and things. But then I also felt that I missed out on uh, some of the networking aspects. Uh, so I think that we, last year was a good learning, uh, learning path, but I think we maybe need to plan better what we do. And certainly we don't um, do what I did, which I'll come on to a bit later in terms of recording the CPD. So I nearly dropped myself in it, um, but more, more on that later. I've also got uh, like to bring guests along to this and I'm bringing back um, an old favorite as it were um, to, to the podcast. Um, I've got Martin Fodi here uh, with us this time by Zoom. It's the first Zoom one we've done because every uh, Martin was actually the first guest I had where we did a, a, a live interview. Um, so, so this is a, a, another couple first for this. Uh, so Martin, welcome. Thank you, Barry. Thank you for having me back. No, it's great to have you back. If you, if people want to hear more about what, um, Martin's about and his back history and things like that. There is um, there's a couple of previous episodes of the of the podcast, and I'll list them them links in the description. But obviously, Martin, you've been working uh, at home remotely, like we all have. How have you found um, working during COVID nineteen? Um, well, it, I, I think the way I feel about it has changed um, since we started the lockdown. Um, it was quite interesting because the the lockdown started on actually on my birthday. Um, so, <laughs> so, so the fact that it's coming round to my next birthday kind of makes it very clear in my mind how how long it's been, and the fact it has been um, you know al- almost a year now since since we left the office uh, and have been working in in a home environment. Um, in the beginning, it was it was obviously all very new new to everybody. Um, experienced lots of issues with you know getting IT and connectivity so you know just basic stuff to enable one to continue to to work um, and uh, but there was also a sort of a, a good novelty element to it and it did provide quite a lot of sort of flexibility in those early days which was quite different from working in the office um, you know you weren't your hours weren't so rigidly controlled you didn't have to be um, on site by nine o'clock and you know you could you'd be a bit more flexible so that that, that was quite a positive thing um, but in terms of how I'm finding it now I think the novelty for me has worn off and I'm sure it's worn off for many others um, and I, you know I would I would really really like to get back to working on site um, working with with colleagues etc um, but um, but yeah I think I think generally um, I, I can't complain um, the, the fact that I'm one of the lucky ones, if you like, that's actually been able to, c- to continue working. Um, and I know that obviously a lot of people across the country uh, have, have not been able to do so. So I do consider myself to be very fortunate in that regard. I think it's been very interesting, hasn't it? Because there's been a lot of 
um, companies that have looked upon this, certainly initially, and I know there's some charities in London and stuff who basically turned around and said, right, well, we, we, this is the new normal. This is the way the future is going to be. Let's close everything and everybody can now work from home. I think there's been an evolution or um, uh, a, a realisation that you can't do everything from home. Certainly, I think having more flexibility to do that has been brilliant. But as you quite rightly say, the ability just to go and interact with um, office mates and colleagues and go to walk to meeting rooms and just have them things that I think we possibly took for granted. Um, I, I, I can't wait for all that to come back again, really. So, yes, and some some of those things that, that you just described, there's some there's some some things are quite I dare say quite obvious and quite substantial, but there's also some quite subtle things that um, I've sort of thought through and reflected on just before this meeting. And um, you know, for for example, there's no journey to and from work, and I used to use that 20 minutes, half an hour in the car by myself to to basically switch mode from from work mode to home mode and, and vice versa now with with you know my office like many others is in the corner of my living room yeah. um for part of the um you know for, for four months last year my office was at the bottom of the stairs um so there was no there was no separation and there still is no separation between work and home or it's very difficult to achieve that separation little things like what what clothes one wears mm. um i haven't worn a formal shirt for nearly a year um so I'm I'm working in the same clothes that I would wear at the weekend, you know, t-shirt yeah. and 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 jeans. Um, so little subtle things like that. Um, when you when you're in, in an office with with colleagues around you, they provide many other cues to to what's going on in the day, even if you're not actually directly communicating with them. For example, when it's lunchtime, yeah, everybody gets up and disappears for lunch. So you think, oh, it's lunchtime. Whereas when you're on your own you get your head down, you're working away and all of a sudden you realize it's 2.30 in the afternoon and oh, that's why I'm hungry. Yeah. Um, because you you just haven't realized it's it's lunchtime. Um, and, and then that leads on to things like, you know, spending too much time in one posture, looking at one screen, uh, which is obviously, as we know, is, is not good for not good for the human condition. It's not good for working. It's not good for concentration. It's not good for human performance. Um, but th those cues are not there to to help with um, you know breaking up the day. No, I, I, I absolutely agree. It's um, though in weirdly, I end up missing lunch a lot more. But I'd like to think I, I would have lost a lot more weight because of it as well. But I seem to make up for it in the evening. Um, obviously, the main topic about what we want to chat around today is um, professional development. It's an absolutely key aspect of any um, any ergonomist. And it, actually, it's not just ergonomics. It's um, any profession um, on how we continue in um, continuing our self-development, particularly if you want to retain chartered status. Um, it is a requirement to show that you, that you keep going. So could you give us just a quick two minutes on your... Um, your importance of within um, CPD within the CIHF, what your role is regarding. Okay, that. so okay, so my 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 role within the um, Chartered Institute of Ergonomics and Human Factors is that I sit on the Professional Affairs Board, uh, which is part of the um, sort of management and organising committee for the for the institute, um, and my role within that is is a CPD lead for um, for the institute. Cool. So. The reason I get Martin to come and talk on the podcast is it is the 
is literally coming out of the horse's mouth um, for the standards and, and what are what the expectation is on everyone else. So um, again, thank you for spending the time to come and do this. In short, what is what are the what are the CPD requirements on from the CIHF? What should I be doing uh, or aiming to do through the year? Okay, so the the, the requirements are fairly straightforward in that. Um, throughout the year and every year, um, the year runs calendar year, uh, January through to December, um, you need to record five, um, five activities of uh, continued professional development as a minimum. Um, and also within your CPD record, you need to record a minimum of three items in your forward plan, things that you are hoping to do um, in, in the following year. Um, and, and those um, activities should ideally map across to the um, professional competency matrix, um, which is available um, to, to all members. Um, and, but, but the CPD, those five records is a minimum, um, but the CPD can be any manner of things. The, the range of, of activities that count as, as valid uh, CPD is, is quite vast um, from attending a conference obviously with COVID this year it's that they've been virtual conferences and we'll perhaps come on to talk about that in a little bit more in a minute um, so for, formal conferences formal training courses at sort of one end of the spectrum all the way through to um, reading an article in a in a in a journal or I don't know even even watching a YouTube video um, one of the other ones that I think is um, one, of, one of the perhaps most important ones is is learning from other colleagues. So it's uh, I, th I think one of the um, selections that you can choose when you identify a CPD entry is inspired by a colleague, which I think in itself is an inspired um, thing that you can put down. Um, and that might only be a five minute conversation with somebody, but it, it gives you that light bulb moment. It gives you that yeah, that inspiration to make a change to the way you think and to actually learn something that's going to be valuable to you in in the immediate um, time frame, but also potentially long long term career. That's really useful. So, um, like I said, five main elements that you then write up as part of your CPD record, um, and really that your record is, um, if I recall correctly, do tell me uh, when I get it wrong, is what it was, what you've learned from it, and how pretty much how you aim to use it going forward. So having that structure there is also really, really useful. If you are a human factors practitioner or in a related discipline and are not already a member, then do look up the Chartered Institute of Ergonomics and Human Factors. They are the professional institution for all human factors practitioners. Find them at www.ergonomics.org.uk. Or it's worth pointing out, as we said right at the beginning, that other organisations obviously require it. So if you're an engineer, you have to record you have to record CPD for that, as well as any other chapter organisation. I quite like the way the CIHF records CPD because it, it seems to be more value focused. So you're, you're actually looking at the quality of what you've done. Because um, I think, um, if I'll be so blunt, to record five pieces of CPD is what is less than once every other month doing an event um or doing something and um and that doesn't seem to be majorly onerous um 
other like the engineering institutes they um, count hours and so a lot of them have, have a um, must do 30 hours of CPD which um, which you can sort of say well that you know is it does that equate to good to, to good to good CPD um, I get that that's probably a discussion for another time but what I quite like around what we do is that if you do it for one you can then transfer it to another so I do that quite regularly I take my um, CIHF CPD and download that into, into the, my engineering one. Um, and it works for both organizations. So you, technically you shouldn't have to do it twice. Um, so, but you might need to do some tinkering depending on your organizations. So as we've said that you know, last year was a bit of a, bit of a strange year with, uh, with COVID, um, there was a lot of discussions around whether we should be pushing our members to, to do CPD at all. Um, because you know you can't get out to events, you can't do uh, you can't do bits and bobs. Um, do we think it was the right thing to do to to push people to keep doing the the, the same level of CPD? Well, I I do, and you're you're quite right. There was a lot of discussion um, dur during the year, and and that, and that discussion kind of got got more um, um, sort of significant, if you like, towards the end of the year when people were thinking about having to record it, um, but. I'm glad that we that we didn't um, as an institute we we didn't sort of relax the rules if you like, um, and and that's been borne out by the by the number of uh, CPD recordings that the institute have have received this or, or this year. Um, it, it it's been the most that the institute have have recorded forever. For, for wow. Okay. Um, you know it was many thousands of individual act CPD activities were, were recorded this year and significantly more than we've, we've ever had before. Um, more, more people than before recorded CPD, provided a CPD entry by the closing date. Um, so it, it's, been, it's been a really, really positive um, outcome. Uh, I think perhaps, to be honest, maybe a little bit surprised that the numbers were were what they were. Um, I, I sort of expected to get something similar to normal, maybe a little bit less actually, but the yeah. fact that people have managed to achieve what they have, I think is incredible. Well, I think also there's just been a, a vast range of events. I mean, the, the CIHF alone has put on I think, more webinars and um, web-based events than, than we ever have done um, and made them really, really accessible. Um, there's been more events. I know that uh, there's been a few events on LinkedIn that, such as you, prompted me to go and look at. And I think, you know, the ability to sort of turn around and say, actually, this this event's on or this webinar's on. Why don't you have a quick look at it? It's a lot. Doing it online is a lot more accessible than um, than perhaps you know you'd normally go and pay a couple hundred pounds to go and to go to an event in London or wherever. And um, it, I think things have just been more at your fingertips. Uh, I, I, I think that's. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, Barry. And it, I think it's all about accessibility, um, and I, and I think it's 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 not just opened up the the opportunity to more individuals. Um, you know, for for example, if you've got a a, a team of of human factors people um, working for a big organisation, typically that organisation might fund one, perhaps two at the most of that organisation to go to a conference, whereas when it's when it's online when it's virtual there, there's kind of no limit to that it's just a matter of the the organization giving time they're not having to pay you know 
the, the you know the, the high fees and so on yeah. um, but but as well as that it's opened it up globally um yeah for for sort of similar reasons um and and also I think another real value add from this, and it, I think it definitely contributes to the CPD, is that the larger virtual conferences, because it's opened up to a global audience, you're getting in, in, the, in the chat and discussion and the questions, you're getting questions and perspectives from other nationalities, other parts of the world where they have, you know, completely different experiences from us. And, and so there's a, a great deal of extra learning um, you know CPD that, that work that goes both ways and, and that can contributes to the collective CPD of the discipline which yeah. is also something that's sometimes overlooked. Well, I think you're absolutely right and I've been lucky enough to be to have chaired a couple of, couple of webinars and things and when you start looking at the chat and you see the where people have come from and normally you expect to see you know Barrow you expect to see London you expect to see Nottingham and them sort of places but when you start seeing like California and Australia and, and all these bits come in, you're like, oh, wow, we, we, we get some real reach here. Um, and and, um, and just seeing, again, the chaff that, that goes on, I think, is, is quite phenomenal. Um, you can really see the, the, that, I think you, you mentioned it in one of the previous talks we've had around uh, CPD about having that idea of the cloud of knowledge that sits above all of us of practitioners and contributing to a um, a greater greater wealth of knowledge for the discipline, then um, yeah, I think we, we're really opening up some new frontiers. So with your experience of what, of what you did last year, um, what were the best event or events that you that you saw or participated in? Um, well, I, I think it goes without saying that the, the best event uh, that I experienced last year was was probably one of the first um, under, the, under the lockdown conditions, which was um, the Institute's uh, annual conference in, in April. Um, the, the, for a number of reasons. One, it was it was very good in its own right, but the, they turned that round from a full attendance conference to a fully online conference in very short order. Um, and the, the feedback that I've heard from others that attended it, it was it was all positive. I don't think any I've heard anything negative about it. And my own personal experience of it was because it, it was extremely good. I agree. The uh, there was some criticism. Um, I did put some criticism on, in my feedback, if I'm honest, and that's that, uh, that Tina's quiz wasn't a factor. Normally, yeah, that... that, um, Tina puts on a good quiz at the actual conference, and, and I was missing it, if I'm honest. But no, I, I absolutely agree with what you say. The what I quite it was such a it wasn't just a putting on a virtual version of what it is. They they changed the, the format of it and. Um, the way that you could use the chat and the empowered the chat and um, and put on different types of events. So you're listing or like more podcast based things or um, videos that were available. They, they really grasped it with both hands um, and really set a standard, I think, for, for other conferences. So no, I, I'd absolutely agree with you on that one. This podcast is supported by K Sharp, the human science research and human factors consultancy. If you want to know how innovating in the relationship between humans and technology can add value to your business, product, or research, then visit www.ksharp.co.uk. When you've been doing your CPD, um, or with your experience of doing your CPD through 2020, 
Um, is there anything that you've learned from it that will change the way that you do it through 2021? Um, yeah, yeah, yes and no. Um, I mean, I recorded it in a very similar way to what I, I normally do, and, and that is to um, uh, re record it online, um, which of course is open to everybody. Um, and what I, what I did last year and what I've done and probably what I'll continue to do is if I attend an event or think, oh, that was a little bit of CPD or I learned something from that, I'll just make a note of it online, um, but maybe just one or two bullet points, maybe just even a couple of words just to act as a prompt. Yeah. Um, and then I'll come back to it. Um, I usually come leave it. It's not the right thing to do, but I usually leave it to the last minute uh, to sometime between Christmas and the new year. Um, you know, it's typically a time when, um, you know, indoors, um, just find a quiet afternoon um, or evening, just sit down with a glass of wine and, uh, you know, finish, type up the, C the CPD. Um, and, that, and that's exactly what I did, did this year. Um, but to be quite honest, there was quite a lot going on um, at home and it, it, made, it made that re full recording of it quite, quite difficult. Um, and so, I mean, different people do it in different ways. Um, I think to leave it all to the last minute, I think is is very risky, um, and I think without doubt you will forget what what you've done. Yes. Um, it was yeah. quite interesting when I went to revisit it to sort of write it in full, um, sort of seeing things on there that I had actually forgotten about. Um, so I, I would always recommend to to record it, you know, as you go. But I think. Um, I'll try this year to to write it up in full as I go, um, and I, I think particularly if if you got some some specific learning from it, um, I know all CPD is supposed to have some learning from it. But if there was something really, um, I don't know, sort of really important that you got mm. from it in, in your self reflection, I think it's worth recording that there and then because you know a few months later you probably won't remember it in quite so much detail yeah. um, and and for me that's one of the most important things of the CPD it's not what you did it's what you got out of it that's that's the important bit yeah I've got to admit I nearly got caught out um, this year because I do, do in a similar way to you when I'll, I'll go like at the end of the week or every couple of weeks um, note down what I've done so I know that it's all in there uh, with with uh, notes of the highlights and stuff but and then getting to I don't necessarily leave to Christmas New Year, but I certainly leave until sort of December to um, to then go back and, and flesh them out a bit more um, and then pick, you know, five, six, seven to write in a bit more detail. Unfortunately, uh, in December, I then got COVID. Um, I didn't take into account just how much it wipes you out. And I had no interest of being in front of a laptop and mind working um, from almost, I would say, mid-December through to the New Year. It wasn't until like a day or so before that that I kind of had the the energy or whatever to get back into it. And thankfully, a lot of the stuff I'd done, I think, was, was good enough, but it wasn't to the same standard as what I've done previously. Um, but it was that was something I had no control over. Um, that just meant that if I hadn't sort of recovered a couple of days before New Year, then um, would it have been to an acceptable standard uh, for submission? It's... Um, Having stuff like that that, you, that you're not aware of, but I, I dare say if I'd if I felt it was that bad, I could have perhaps written in and said, "Look, this is my situation. Is there something about it? Because we are all human, after all." But 
yeah, it would, it's much easier to not read it all to the last minute, as you quite rightly say. Um, so if we are going to be, um, 2021 is going to be the year that we uh, we all write um, our, um, our CPD submissions as we do them and get together for reflection. Um, I think webinar will probably be, or some version of webinar will be the, uh, the, the weapon of choice again. Um, do we think that they, are they truly effective? Um, is there, do we think that perhaps there's a bit of a tendency to maybe people be put it on so they can see that they've attended and then off making the dinner, maybe writing up some other emails and just having them alongside during the work. Are they really as, uh, um, as good as a, as a live presentation or something like that, do you think? Well, I, I, I think that that's a really good question, Barry. Um, my, my view on this is that it, it almost doesn't matter whether it's a, an online activity or whether you're attending um, a, a conference in person or you're attending a training course in person. It, it's, it's down to the individual what, what, what they want to get out of it. And I know it's an old adage, but um, if, if you're cheating, you're only cheating yourself. Um, and if there's a learning opportunity there, my, my question would be, well, if you've bothered to log on to it, why wouldn't you want to learn from it? Why wouldn't you want to take that opportunity? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's, you know, there, there may be people out there that think, oh, I need to get one more activity under the belt. What can I do? And maybe that they, you know, just log on just to get the, the numbers in. But uh, that that would kind of surprise me to to be honest. Mm. I would I would hope there's not too much of that going on. Um, Nobody's really counting anyway, are they? So, no, no, no. And it's you, you you made you made reference earlier to um, you know some of the other institutes look for hours that are spent, and well, we deliberately moved away from that um, as as a as a measure um, because we were definitely looking for quality over quantity. And it comes back to that thing. You can spend eight hours in a in a conference or a webinar, uh, online conference, or even in you know in person, and and get nothing from it. And then you yeah. can spend ten minutes talking to somebody, or you know catch something on the on the documentary on a t on the TV um, for half an hour, and and it really resonates with you. You really learn something. You really get something from it. So, you know, we, we, it's, it's about the value, not, not the time. And again, it comes down to the individual, what, what they're prepared to take from it. Yeah, if you're sitting there writing emails, then you're not going to get as much as you could have done. I've got to, I mean, one of the things I have liked doing, I did it in the conference and with quite a few webinars, um, is actually putting them up on the, on the TV in the living room. So you've also got um, the kids with you and all that sort of stuff. And, um, and it's been quite nice. So, Put it up there and sort of say this is sort of stuff that I get involved in, um, and and the, the kids are sort of watching it with you and, and stuff. And um, it's been almost a nice way to share some of some of the things that've been going on. Um, maybe I'm, I'm just slightly geeky, and that's how I'm pushing my family too hard to like the same stuff as I do. But uh, it does allow us to look at things in a, in a different way. Um, I guess, but I get the one elephant in the room is and it happens with conference. I sort of alluded to. With, with Tina's quiz, but there is the, the, the non-formal elements you get out of normal CPD events, out of conference, out of um, just meeting up for seminars and things like that. It's that face-to-face, -face, that networking and things like that. Do you think that's that's a problem or do you think we've got, uh, we've actually found other ways around it that, um, that 
but do we know I'm not saying it's exactly the same but actually we, we do get enough contact I, I I think that we are we are learning how to adapt I wouldn't say that we're there yet I think that there's still um certainly for me personally I, I really do miss that you know face-to-face -face contact um I, as I said already, I, I thought the conference last year was was fantastic, but but the, but that that was the major element that was missing was that ability to catch up with old friends, with old colleagues, um, and to meet new ones as well. And perhaps the most significant thing for me um, that that's missing as part of that is that you you'll come out of a conference paper presentation, and then you'll go and find someone in the bar. And have a couple of beers and you'll talk about it and sometimes i'll you know it takes a couple of beers to you know re really get the, <laughs> the, the the thoughts going um and, and some of the best conversations i've had and perhaps some of the best learnings i've had have been in just those types of environments you know in the bar after a, a presentation at a conference um, or if you're on a training course the amount that you can learn and reinforce your own learning through discussions face to face um, outside of the classroom with with your you know your classmates is is huge um, and I think that is something that that we're missing at the moment um, yeah we've got the 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 sort of online chat that's going on um, you know in in parallel with the presentations and and that's if you like brought a new dimension that wasn't there before yeah. um, this sort of live live discussion but it is quite it's quite limited um it you know it, it, for one thing it's limited to how fast you can type um you know sometimes by the time you've got your your response to an idea that's been discussed in the chat window it's you know the, the chat's moved on um yeah. so you you lose that um that sort of linking and that that real reinforcement of the messages that are being shared it is a weird one isn't it because actually when presentations normally give them it's um, it's rude to be talking through it and, and gossiping with your neighbour about what they're saying. Um, you only do that afterwards. But this is yes, we are now almost encouraging more dis more debate and discussion through it. And I don't know. I, I sort of have two minds because one thing you can see yes, oh that's a great question. That's a, I get some of that. But um, are you not listening? Not really taking in the full presentation. But then also we pre-record the question uh, presentations and the actual author. Or the, the presenter will actually be in the chat answering questions themselves as you go. So it's an interesting dynamic, and I, I look forward to seeing this year how that how that evolves and, and works. Um, so just to summarise, then um, from what you're saying, the CPD requirements will be will remain exactly the same this year as it did, did last year and the year before. There is no uh, there's no dispensation for COVID. In fact, the results bear out that people are doing more CPD than ever. Um, so we look forward to a whole bunch of events that's coming up. And the Ergonomics Conference is going ahead. It is going ahead in fully virtual format again this year. Um, obviously learning a lot from what we've done um, previously, um, but and there are going to be some significant changes. So we're looking forward to seeing uh, seeing what, what they look like and how, and how they come. Um, and there, there are four main themes going through that. And if I'd have my notes prepped, then I'd have been able to say them what, what they were, but I haven't, so I won't. We'll save that for, for another podcast. Um, but all it remains for me to say is, Martin, thank you very much for your time. I hope you have a, um, an, a successful CPD in, in 2021 um, and that you, you want to stay healthy. And um, yeah, thank you very much for, for, for sharing your thoughts with us. As I said at the beginning, thanks very much for having me back. I really enjoyed it and uh, 
Thank you. Thank you for listening to 1202, the Human Factors Podcast. Please do get in touch with your thoughts, questions, and comments. You can contact us at www.barrykirby.co.uk and on Twitter at B-A-Z underscore K. See you next time. And remember, it's more than just common sense.